Welcome back to the Eduverse Enigma podcast. This week, we're chatting with Expert VR's very own Tori Howell, a 3D artist here at Expert VR. This episode, we'll be diving into Expert VR's team culture, 3D art in VR and XR, and LARPing in a virtual world. You won't want to miss it. Welcome back to the Edgeverse Enigma podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have another team member from Expert VR joining us, Tori Howell, as well as it uh, looks like you got a guest in the back. So welcome, Tori, and please introduce your guest as well. Our little guest down here in the corner, his name is Yoshi, and he's a bearded dragon. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, thank you for, for hopping on today, Tori. Very excited to be chatting about your thoughts on VR, where we're at right now as expert VR and just everything that we've been up to. Um, I guess to start us off, whereabouts are you located right now? Um, right now, I'm working out of St. Catharines, Ontario, and uh, just out of my own home. <laughs> Trader. And um, obviously, obviously, I know you, Tori, but uh, do you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Who is Tori Hallen? In your own words, what is a, a 3D artist? Well, uh, my name is Tori, like we said, um, and I am a 3D artist here at uh, Expert VR. Um, I've actually done a bit of schooling, so I went to uh, college for animation, and um, I also went to Brock University for game design. So I've got two things under my belt. Um, I do a lot of stuff at Expert, so I do um, animation, I do 3D modeling, I do a little bit of sound editing do a little bit of this that and the other whatever is needed from me um and yeah that's what i do and a 3d artist to me um or an artist in general is just somebody who makes things visually come to life love it love it and i guess like uh, i know you've just gone through those programs in school but um curious like there's been so much development right now in virtual reality and the metaverse uh AI art, all these different things going on in innovative areas. Um, what is it like to be a, a 3D artist or a developer in today's world? Oh, I think it's super cool. Um, I think that it's great, especially for concept art, stuff like that. It, that takes a really long time to do. Um, so if you can just like type in, hey, chat GPT, give me an example of this, that, and the other. And then uh, you can take what it spits out, kind of use it to fuel your own creative juices um and it's really neat all the stuff that you see it's just getting smarter every single day um you can get models out of it you can get uh like i said concept art you can get basically anything you need even like audio and stuff it can spit that stuff out so it's definitely a tool that we should be able to harness to our best advantage yeah for sure for sure yeah there's uh i know there's a couple uh fake drake songs going around uh, that i've seen here i've seen a lot of spongebob ai covers too <laughs> <laughs> nice nice i'll have to check those out i don't think i've seen any of those that's awesome um i guess to, to take us take a step back um talking about you going through through college and then brock university uh could you i guess describe your like your education experience obviously we're in the ed tech space at extra vr could you describe i guess K to 12, and then what was your college university experience like? Oh my gosh, uh, K to 12 is a long time ago. Um, <laughs> for me, a lot of it, well, I've been drawing since I could hold a pencil, so I got in trouble a lot because all I would do is draw. Um, but I loved school. I loved going through school, and I remember like 
tech kind of coming in a little bit closer to when I was starting to go to high school with smart boards and stuff like that. We started with that. Um, and that was super cool. I was always super interested in like, oh, look at all these new like technologies and stuff that are coming out to help us learn. Um, and then obviously you go to university and college and then you've got uh, all, all stuff like VR. You've got um, all these really special uh, technologies that they're making to help people learn through like different portals online and stuff like that. Um, so technology has taken a huge part in my learning, especially because I would draw on like, you know, those like Wacom tablets that have the screen and stuff. So like I use that a lot. Um, and uh, a lot of the tools that I used were on the computer. So like Photoshop or like Affinity or Blender or 3ds Max. So like I had my hands in a lot of different technology going through school. Um, so I'm really happy to be working with VR and with Unity and everything that we do here at the company because I just love it all. It's super cool. Love it. Love to hear that it's from the moment you could uh, hold a pencil, you were kind of following down that artistic path. And now here you are in the using a lot more than a pencil with the technology we have today, but uh, still basically the same. I love it. Love it. Um, and... All right, let's, I guess let's, uh, before we get into like XR and opinions around the education space and VR and all those sorts of things, um, we, we just had Chris Rosati on, on the podcast. I don't know exactly when this one's going to come out, but we had Chris on before doing this. Um, and I forgot to ask him a bunch of questions about the, the team and extra VR that I wanted to chat about. So, um, I guess on that note, like, I'd love to hear in, in your words, like, how do you describe the Expert VR team? What do you love most about uh, what we get up to at Expert VR? Oh my gosh, we're just like a big family. We're all friends. It's awesome. Um, we're all super interested in what's going on in the world today in terms of like VR and and technology and everything. Um, and I feel like the team is great. Uh, I've had no issues working with anybody. We all collaborate together really well. Uh, and of course, you and and. Uh, and all the C-suite and everybody are really helpful if we have issues. Um, and yeah, I just feel like it's a very solid team. And uh, I felt very welcome. I've been here for like a, over a year now. And like, honestly, this is the best place that I've worked. Like, I just love everybody. It's a great job. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Really glad to hear it. And I guess off of that, over the past year, like, what is kind of your day-to-day -day, uh, look like? I think a lot of the the people listening to this podcast are, are educators or those that are just generally interested in virtual reality and the education space, but they probably don't uh, know exactly like what you do on a day-to-day -day as a 3D artist. So what do you do as part of the, that team? Right. Um, so like I said earlier, I do like a bunch of different things. So uh, we'll have our morning meetings and stuff like that. And then uh, most of the time um, I'm working on our sims. So I'm uh, doing animation or I'm doing um, sound work or I do I also do a little bit of testing as well um, to help it find those little bugs that we need to get rid of before we send things on their way um, but a lot of the time I'm doing 3d modeling which involves obviously like creating an asset and then creating a texture for it and then implementing it into the engine and making sure that it works properly and looks good um, but yeah so I just basically create the things that go into the sim visually awesome awesome and talking about sims uh we we just did a game jam about a, a month ago or just over a month ago um so 
Could you describe what that game jam was, what team you were on, and uh, what you built there? Oh, that was so much fun. Um, So uh, I was on the team that did the home reno. So uh, essentially what our game was, was to take a sledgehammer to a bunch of drywall and knock everything down within like a time frame. And then you would get a score of how much you destroyed within that time. Um, And that was a lot of fun. Uh, I worked with Harris and uh, he helped a lot with a lot of the art stuff. Um, And Jack helped out a little bit too. Um, and then I believe it was also, um, uh, Kenny Aiden who helped us out with the programming and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. I don't get a lot of chance to, uh, work with Kenny a lot cause he's a programmer, but, um, it was really fun to work with him super closely on that. Um, and yeah, it was just really like cathartic to knock down walls and stuff and like set them all up to begin with. Cause I'd made all the drywall and everything. And then to watch it all get smashed was really fun. So yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. Love it. And and I obviously I kind of know why like a game jam is uh I, I guess an important piece of a game development company, but in your own words, like um why do you think a, a game jam is like a a good thing for us to to have and or, or for other companies to do and and how do you think for for an educator listening to this, um, if you can think off the top of your head, like how do you think it would uh, apply to, I guess, what we're doing outside of the game jam, if that makes sense? Right. Um, I think it's fantastic. So it gives you a chance to um, learn to work with people you don't normally work with um, to begin with, and also gives you a chance to flex your creative muscles in a way that you don't normally on a day to day. So we do a lot more serious stuff, we do a lot more uh, education based. Uh, type stuff so uh, during the game jams we can do like something silly and crazy and fun Um, like uh, we don't always get to do that so it's fun to have a chance to really let those uh, ideas come to fruition Um, and it's also a great way to uh, make a plan and execute it in a certain amount of time because you only have like a week to do it right so you gotta like kind of plan from the beginning okay how big is our scope so like what can we do in this amount of time and then also working together to get to that point uh, and kind of learning to prioritize things um, closer to the end where you're like, okay, well, we wanted this thing, but this is more important. So um, it's kind of working under pressure and working together in a space where you can kind of uh, be super creative, but also uh, within a certain means. So yeah, I think it's really valuable to be able to just... Um, try to do something different with different people and uh try your best to make something out of nothing really because you're starting from nothing and then you're creating all these little things and bringing it all together within like a week and then see what you got at the end awesome awesome um and i obviously had a lot of fun working on the demolition game and and that side of things outside of the the game jam uh what would what would you say is like your favorite project you've worked on or favorite project that you've being able to experience so that the RTH worked on? Um, I think the consumer behavior sim that we did a couple months ago, I worked really closely with Harris on that. I made so many products and it was a lot of fun. Um, so basically, for those of you who don't know, we created a sim uh, where um, shoppers would go through and they would mock shop inside of like a, gr- a gas station grocery store. And um, so we had to create all the assets and we created a replica of a circle K. Um, so I had to make like a bunch of chip bags and drinks and all that stuff. Um, and then Harris set them all up. So it looked like a replica of the store. 
Um, and that was a lot of fun. I really liked that because I got to like make a ton of little things um, and pump them all out. And then to see them all in the store, like, a, and it looked like a real store. It was like really rewarding. So I think that one was my favorite one. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And like, I guess your favorite part of that was just being able to to make those realistic items or, or like what was kind of the, what did you like most about that? Well, it was seeing them kind of all come together at the end because like there was thousands of things that I had to make. So you're kind of like, okay, let's go, let's get through it. Let's get all these done. Right. And then you get them all done. You see them all together. And you're like, wow, like that looks great. So it was amazing to see it go from what I was doing on my own screen to the sim itself and that all coming together into one cohesive thing. So that was cool. Awesome. Okay. I see. I see. Nice. I like it. Um, thinking about that sim and being able to to bring everything together like that and just looking at the other sims we've created if 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 i were or me or dave was going out to to find a client what would kind of be the the ideal industry that you would want us to to go into next um where you would get to create a, a simulation that you're excited about oh man i have to think about that oh it'd be cool if we did like a zoo like like you went to to go and like take care of animals and stuff like that because i i love to obviously i love animals um and uh i like to play um like planet zoo and stuff in my free time so it'd be cool if we made like an educational game about like animals and like how to take care of them in like a zoo setting or something like that so that'd be kind of cool because i'd get to make a bunch of animals too <laughs> yes i am all on board i loved uh zoo tycoon as a, as a kid and uh having the dinosaurs in there as well so uh yeah that'd be really cool just to i could see how we could create that as a, a training simulation but then build off of it to add things like dinosaurs and other things where it's kind of more of a fun simulation as well i, I love it all right i'll have to see which uh which schools out there which people out there have uh training programs for for zookeepers or well you can always go over to the toronto zoo and see what they're about too <laughs> oh yeah yeah all right. I love it. I love it. I'll talk to Dave about it too. Um, I also just wrote down here and I get curious on your opinion. We, we've been trying uh, different um, initiatives at Expert VR for the last little bit. Uh, one of them famously on LinkedIn is the 24-7 hour uh, work week and just like having flexible schedules. Curious, like at Expert VR, what are you, I don't know, what do you really like that benefit? Yeah. What other benefits do you like uh, at Extra VR? Yeah, I really do like that. Yeah, I really do like that because um, then it allows me to kind of pace myself. So, um, or if something comes up, oh, uh, I need to pop out for an hour. I'll work an hour on Friday type thing where you can kind of mix thing up, things up. Like, because obviously people have lives, things pop up, right? So, oh, my car broke down. got to take to the shop for an hour. I'll work that extra hour on Friday. But having four days is nice because, like, you get a little bit more time over the weekend to kind of decompress, relax, have a bit of a better work-life balance as well. Um, and it also motivates me because I want to be off on Friday. So if I work my four days, then I get the Friday to do what I need to do, right? So um, it also helps a lot with stress, obviously. Um, you're not working as many days, so you get a little bit of extra time to, like I said, decompress. So, yeah, I think that's really good. And I also like how it's before when I said uh, something comes up. If you need to pop out for an hour, you just pop out and then make up that time later. So 
and uh, you guys have been super flexible and as long as there's communication uh, it's worked out really well for me at least so yeah okay glad to hear it glad to hear it awesome um i guess to to kind of s- switch focus here let's uh dive into the vr or, or xr area um i don't know how many have you tried like many other uh vr educational apps or out of curiosity no not really. Um, okay. The most I know, because oh, this was like kind of my first experience really, really getting into VR was getting this job. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I started actually off here um, with an internship. So that was like kind of really dipping my toes in. And then I really liked it. So I stayed. Um, but before that, it was just like Beat Saber and like stuff like that. So it wasn't really like educational. It was just more like fun and like um, like AR, like, oh, Pokemon Go and stuff like that. So okay, yeah. I don't really have like a lot of experience outside of what we do. Um, but I'm really excited to see like what's coming forward and like things that I can try in the future um, to kind of see what we have on the horizon. So for sure, for sure. I guess uh, in that case, then like, what is your favorite VR game just in general or what is your favorite I don't know, Remio game, if you want to go that route. Uh, I think I like Beat Saber a lot because I like music. So um, that's a lot of fun and it's a good workout too. Um, especially fun when you have parents who don't play video games at all and you put them in a headset and you're like, here's these two controllers, smash those bricks that are flying at you. And then you film them while they're doing it and they look silly. So it's a lot of fun, especially getting your your uh, cousins and your family and, and your parents involved. Um it's just a lot of fun to watch people swing their arms around. So, yeah, I think I like Beat Saber the most. Nice, nice. I love it. Funny enough, uh, Chris had the same answer about, uh, yeah, jumping in, uh, getting a workout in, and as well, like, getting to, to master those, uh, uh, the the, the expert plus mode, I believe, for, yeah. Um, yeah, so, no, it, love it, love it. And I, I love as well I'm, all those types of games that are, pretty simple mechanics where yeah you can get your friends and family in and introduce them to vr for the first time so no yeah also high up on my list yeah absolutely another good one is um super hot that one is really fun as well especially watching somebody play super hot because you're like kind of moving really slow if anyone's ever played super hot you should try it um it's just a lot of fun uh yeah especially to play and to watch someone play it's a lot of fun (laughs) Yes, for context, uh, in Super Hot, um, you only or time only moves when you move. So if you stop your body and your hands from moving, then time is paused. So you'll yeah, you'll normally see people kind of freeze and uh, look around to see what's the next next objective or next person to to shoot at, and then you start moving quickly again. Yeah, oh, they they just released a new uh, version actually, or maybe not just, but uh, they released a new version where. There's just unlimited gift boxes in front of you, so you can keep pulling out different things to throw, and uh, be loving that uh, that new mode. <laughs> um, I guess switching back to the education in, in the VR XR space, um, how how do you see VR or XR impacting education in the next five to ten years? Let's say. Um, I think it will be a fantastic asset. Um just to to put my own little personal spin on it, I'm a very visual and tactile learner. So um, if I can actually put myself into the situation or do it myself, I learn a lot faster. And I know there's a lot of people who are like that as well. Um, There's lots of different ways to learn, but for me, that was the best way. Um, So if I had VR and I had all this stuff when I was in school, 
like it would have been just a huge advantage um and I, I feel like people learn a lot faster that way people are more excited to learn that way because you're getting firsthand experience in a virtual world um where sometimes it's not very possible to to do some of the things that you can do with vr in real life um it's definitely a lot less expensive um definitely a lot more accessible um and yeah i just think it's a great thing to consider especially for educators uh, because it can be used for anybody it's super accessible so for sure for sure and i guess saying that like um obviously we, we want to create a, a zookeeper simulation but also thinking back to your maybe K to 12 experience, like where, where do you think um, VR could have made the most impact uh, on you if it was a, a tool that was in the classroom uh, back when you were in K to 12? Um, so I really hated math. Um, so I think that if there was some sort of like counting program or something that, that you could create where you're like physically touching ob objects and like creating a game out of it kind of, instead of just, it's good to play with stuff on the desk because it's very tactile, um, but that's very limited to the real world. Like, you can't, like, really do a whole lot that's, like, interesting and fun like you could with VR. So um, any, like, math games or, like, science would be cool where you're doing experiments because you can't, like, blow stuff up in a classroom, right? Because you're going to hurt somebody. Well, you so, can. like, well, you could, but you might not want to do that. You kind of want to send the kids home at the end of the day. <laughs> but, um could do like huge experiments that would cost tons of money right um that costs virtually nothing because it's it's all virtual right like you don't have to buy the materials to be able to do it you don't have to have that stock um and then it's it's less of a safety concern as well um so yeah i think science math all that stuff that can be kind of boring to kids um might be brought to that next level and made way more exciting for sure no that's a great point and we actually just uh two episodes ago we had a, a sixth grade uh teacher on the podcast and he was talking about um how he's using vr for teaching uh water cycles and it, it was really interesting because just like you're saying it it allowed students to um i guess kind of do experiments but not even um almost like storytelling about science um and how he did it in his class was he had students go into this world kind of like kind of like rec room it's called zoe um but into this world where you're able to build your own environments and so he had the students get into to groups or, or pairs and go into this this world um each pair had one headset so they like swapped off uh, back and forth between the headsets but they had to learn on their own all about water cycles and then they go into the VR environment and they had to create a simulation to teach other people about water cycles. So like um, one group had a haunted house where I, I think certain, uh, he didn't explain it completely, but I believe like certain doors were locked and you had to answer questions about water cycles to get through the doors. Or the other one that was a lot more um, organic, I guess, was like a dragon was um, blowing fire on the lands uh, in front of them and um evaporating the water and so you had to fight off the dragon while learning about the water cycles that he was affecting and everything so no i, I love that idea of uh yeah bringing science in and i'm thinking about math <laughs> my head goes to the uh oh if, if you're at the supermarket and you're buying six watermelons and, <laughs> and then you know those types of math questions uh, but actually put you, putting you there uh love it love it um i 
thinking about that, and I know you're not in the education space, so you might not see or, or under, know all the barriers that are, are there, but from your perspective um, in the education space or just in general, what do you think is going to be that kind of linchpin to get VR to, or XR to mass adoption where it could be used in, in classrooms everywhere? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with like just people not being super tech savvy. Um, but as time goes on, obviously people are going to learn more and more about technology. That might be a problem. Um, but, uh, I think, and maybe funding as well might be an issue. Um, but, um, I'm sure as people realize how important this is to like learning and stuff like that, like we're trying to show how effective it is in, in learning and in these spaces to help people um, learn about technology and about whatever medium that we're trying to show through VR, um, that that in the future might not be as much of a problem. So yeah, just having a lot more case studies and information about different use cases, as well as making sure that either there's that training available or hopefully just over time that training isn't needed kind of. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's a, a really good point and actually not one that a lot of people touch on. And I know lots of people automatically go to, well, like once Apple's headset comes out, it will get to mass adoption or um, they're just like, oh, well, we just need more institutional funding to get there. But yeah, you're right. It's really about like being able to show the effects of VR through those use cases and as well having um, having that training available for people that aren't as tech savvy or just haven't touched VR before. Right. Well, for my own example, my dad, he's not super like into like video games or like VR or anything like that. He's like, oh, whatever, because he's like an older dude. Like he um, he doesn't really understand the nuances of it. And then so you put him in a headset, right? And he's like, oh, this is super cool. So it just takes like just getting somebody to experience it really to kind of get them interested. Um, so I think that'll go quickly as long as we can keep putting people in headsets. Then I think we can kind of get the ball rolling. There we go. We just got to get a really cool zookeeper simulation and uh, get people in the headsets. <laughs> awesome. Um, and obviously, since uh, since Facebook became meta, there's been like a lot of talk about the metaverse. There was talk about it beforehand with uh, Ready Player One and the Oasis and things along those lines. Um, I guess first, what do you... How do you describe the metaverse? What do you think about the metaverse? And do you think it is the future of VR? Or where do you think uh, the metaverse lands in the future? Um, it kind of seems like that's where things tend to be going. Um, because, like, of course, with COVID and everything like that, like, it's hard to, like, connect with people. So um, it might make things a little bit easier. Um, like, I people are kind of used to that now with it being how long that was a thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just kind of seems like everything's kind of going that way. Um, and I think it's useful. I think that, um, it could be beneficial if we were using it in the right ways. Um, but yeah, I think that's where things are kind of headed. And what do you like, how do you describe the metaverse, I guess? Um, uh, that's so hard. Uh, it's just, it's cause there's just so much to it. Um, I think it's just like a place basically for, for things to connect to like people, places, businesses, things to all kind of connect in, in one place that's accessible for a lot of people. Um, instead of like, you know, like actually having to like go places and do stuff so you can like meet 
within this space that's accessible to everyone. For sure, but like in 3D, so it yeah. still looks like real right. life. So like basically like Ready Player V type thing, like you're you have like you're you, but it's virtual you type thing. So you're like yeah. being with everyone's virtual self, um, and it makes things a lot easier to be able to connect with people, and it's uh, as close to real life as you can get, but digitally, I guess. Okay, yeah, well, that's a great way to, to describe it for sure. It's yeah, it's. It's just the next evolution of uh, that, I don't know, human interaction, basically, <laughs> by adding that 3D aspect. Um, in in either the XR space or just the 3D art space or artistic space in general, um, looking at like where the metaverse is heading, who are the people that that you look up to or that you follow? Uh, I know like Chris mentioned a couple artists that he follows on Twitter. Um, yeah, who do you look up to and why um i'll be honest i don't really look um a lot into artists and stuff uh, within that space i actually really look up to with artists that we have in our own company so I, I i really look up to harris he he's very smart he um does a lot of really cool stuff uh within our company and chris as well is super cool uh, with all the art that he does um so i i'm more closely familiar with what they do um, but I think as far as we're going, I think they will be the ones to talk about eventually down the line as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the best answer you could give. <laughs> love to hear that uh, Yeah, everyone's able to look up to each other within the company. Um, I, I guess to rewind back one question, talking about the metaverse, curious uh, and no, uh, no need to hold back. We're not sponsored or anything. What what do you think of Meta, or what are your thoughts on Meta being the owners of the metaverse? Um, I don't really know. Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, really, I don't really have like a very solid opinion. I kind of want to see more where things kind of go before I start forming more of an opinion of my own. Um, but it might be better if more people kind of had like a say or like a bigger part to play in it because I think if this is going to be the future. I think uh, there should be more people and more like minds involved in it, so it doesn't kind of become like an echo chamber. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it should be a little bit more collaborative type effort within uh that space. So makes sense. Yeah, I know uh, Jack and I were just going back and forth in Discord a little bit there about some new open standards coming to fruition or, or starting to be worked on that are controlled by some large companies uh and so yeah no i agree there needs to be a lot more of that collaboration to make sure that uh the metaverse and all these tools head in the direction that everybody wants instead of just what uh, meta wants awesome um talking about meta and other companies and uh like different innovations that are coming out uh obviously we quickly touched on ai at the start of the podcast curious like as a 3d artist what other technologies um, are you watching? Are you playing around with? Are you excited to like come down the pipeline? Um, yeah. Um, I just really want uh, to see a lot more uh, stuff with AI, to be honest. Um, I think that it's a very, very useful tool. Um, like I said earlier with concept art, stuff like that. Uh, but there's tons and tons and tons of ways that we can use it to help us. Like there's some tedious things that sometimes artists have to do 
um say with like lighting and stuff because you have to like set everything up and you have to like bake it and then you have to wait for it to bake and then you have to see it look at it and be like is that right is that good and then sometimes it's not so you have to like do it again so if we had like an ai that could like do that and we wouldn't have to like spend so much time because it is very time consuming depending on the hardware that you're using um to do that uh so if we had like the ai doing it and then could do way more iterations than a person could do um save a lot of time obviously um and then uh helping with like making models and stuff like that we've already played around with that a little bit i remember jack was kind of testing that out a little bit um and then just like taking what it spits out and obviously you'd still need a human to look at it and make sure it was right um but it kind of takes down some of the time that it takes to make um larger objects or like things that are uh more specific to a certain type thing because there's some things you can just spit out pretty quickly uh, but there's other things that take a lot more time um so if we had that to kind of help chop the process down a little bit it might be helpful and then you just obviously go back and refine things to make sure that it's up to the standard that you want um but yeah i think a lot of that would be really useful and ai even in animation um in predicting movement and stuff like that and then uh like setting up animations for you and then you would just go through and just make sure that everything was the way that you wanted it to be that would cut things down really quickly um uh, and yeah, like I just think that that's something that we really should be looking at to use as a tool. For sure. Uh, obviously, we've talked about AI like a bunch throughout the company in different areas where we can use it. Um, but especially coming from an artist, I would say that's quite a controversial opinion. If you look at the news, I, I guess why would you why would you say that it is a controversial opinion? If you agree with me, uh, and what would you say to artists on the other side of the the fence i guess um i think a lot of people think it's controversial because like oh oh we can just replace an artist with an ai um and it might look like that but they're still like it's not to that point just yet i don't think where you can completely replace a person with it um and there are things that people bring to it like um like their own creativity and their own ideas you still need somebody to type that in right like you can't just like have it come up with its own ideas just yet you still need to give it something to go off of um uh but i think like just keeping that human element of just the creativity and um just you can't really replace that just yet um i think that artists are going to be around for quite some time until ais can control themselves <laughs> so um some people might be scared and worried about oh well ai is just gonna take art's job well eventually ai might take everyone's job if we're thinking about it that way so because we could teach it to do anything but um i think for now we're safe so <laughs> yeah no good good point like i think for 10 20 years we've been talking about ai taking uh truck drivers jobs because of self-driving cars and everything and we're we're still not there yet maybe obviously there are a lot of things uh, developing towards that but uh yeah we're we're safe right now and you're right it's if, if we're talking about uh ai taking an, an artist job yeah we're probably talking about ai taking a lot of people's jobs so it's something that uh the greater humanity has to be worried about not just uh one one select job good good really good point um 
looking at uh i guess beyond ai looking at like vr um like accessories whether it be like vr gloves treadmills um eci for brain waves all these different like technologies that are being worked on is there is there one that you're most excited about at the moment or one that you've been checking out at all um i think the treadmills are super cool um because a lot of the stuff like that you really see that's really commonplace is you have to like teleport right you you can't like really you can walk around a little bit but that's like with the backpacks and everything like you need a lot of hardware to be able to support that or like a like a whole big setup right um so i think those are super cool because like you don't need to have to move around but you can still move around virtually within that area so it's still contained in a small small space but you feel like you are actually moving throughout this virtual area right so i think that's super cool and um yeah i just want to see how far that's going to go because i know right now like they're kind of big and bulky and it's a little bit hard to to access that sort of thing um but as time goes on i'm sure they'll will make smaller more compact easier things for for people to have maybe even in their home um and it would be great for even exercise and stuff like that uh, you could be walking through a forest and all this stuff and you'd feel like you're looking around and everything and you're not just like on like a physical treadmill with like a small screen, you know what I mean? Um, so that'd yes. be good for people who uh, want to get out but can't necessarily all the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that that aspect of it I think is super cool is like being able to move through the space but not needing the space physically to do it. For sure, for sure. And yeah, I'm uh, excited to hear you say that because I know uh, Conestoga College, one of our partners and clients, uh, for those in the audience, uh, they just got a cat VR system a month, two months ago. So I, I got to stand on it and try on the shoes, but I wasn't in a game. So hopefully the next time I go, we can get it set up with a game and definitely something that uh, they're interested in. How can we implement that into some of our sims? So it might be something we uh, get to play around with some more in the in the near future. Um, we, we earlier we talked about where VR and education is heading over the next like five to ten years but curious is there anything else that you would add for where XR talking about those accessories and everything as well like where XR is heading in general over the next five to ten years what do you what do you picture the world to be like in, in ten years when it comes to XR and how it's uh, affecting the world I think games games is going to be a huge thing. Um, so uh, especially with like people getting more familiar with it. Um, and like we were talking about the games earlier, those those are a lot of fun, Beat Saber, all that stuff. Um, so like getting virtually almost like Ready Player V, like you know what I mean, where you're like um, in this space or like for those people who watch anime, like Sword Art Online or something like that, where uh, you have like this full body experience for games. I think that'd be super cool, especially like for D&D and stuff like that. Like you would just upload your character or whatever, and then you're you're actually your own character. And you're like role playing in this like virtual world where the DM can like kind of determine things um, themselves within this like huge virtual space. I think that'd be really neat uh, to be able to actually physically role play without like LARPing. You know what I mean? But you're like yes. LARPing virtually. That's kind of meta, but like yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess I. I know what LARPing is, but for the, those in the audience that don't, could you uh, describe it? Oh, so that's, uh, uh, LARPing is like a, it, it means live action role play. So uh, if you go to like the Ren Fair or something like that, like the Renaissance Fair, and you like dress up 
or um, say you like dress up as like a Dungeons and Dragons character and you're like role playing a character um, in like a space where it's like fantasy. So yeah, it's just like role playing like live action in real life. Right. So now role playing live action in real life with the VR headset on in the virtual world. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why I said it was better. <laughs> love it. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. No, yeah. I've, I've never been to like a Renaissance fair or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I think it'd be really fun to to do that in, in the real world. And yeah, if it comes in the virtual world, then I'll definitely be in it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I like to do this kind of like rapid fire and I always end up going off on tangents, but we'll, we'll try not to this time. Basically I'll say a word or two or a couple words and then respond with whatever word comes to your mind first or whatever thought comes to your mind first. So we'll, we'll try to keep on track, but I, I normally go off track with <laughs> this one. Um, but starting off first word to respond to uh, pop culture. Um, so I think of like video games or like music. Okay, nice. Uh, conference. Uh, a place where people go to meet to talk about a subject. Okay. <laughs> so a dictionary uh, uh, example. Uh, Unity or Unreal? Um, like an engine to build a game or a simulation, I guess. Okay. Um, educational NFTs. I've never heard of that. Um, I don't know. Like a picture? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. I guess NFTs in general. Again, a picture. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the metaverse. Um, like avatars, like meeting together in a room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, education. Learning. Um, Learning. yeah. <laughs> Learning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite book. Stephen King, uh, The Pet Cemetery. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, favorite movie? Oh boy, oh boy, this is a hard one. Uh, The Breakfast Club. Oh, great, great pick. Um, and then last one, just uh, this one, you can go on a bit of a tangent on if you want to, but um, latest like news. Uh, I say like this week's top XR news, but it doesn't have to be like necessarily this week, but anything that's like new in the xr or 3d modeling space that you've kind of been following that i know we've talked on a couple things already but yeah oh the roblox stuff that is now available in meta that's pretty cool because now you could you could do all that good stuff so that's fun um because you can play in all the quests so yeah i have to get installed uh i used to be really into roblox and i don't know when i was up to grade nine, I guess, which was a long time. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I remember I played it for a little bit, like a while ago, but I'd like to try it again and see like if it's any different because that'd be cool. Yeah, I downloaded it a year ago, I think, uh, to try out. They had like a, a Nike Nike Land um, there, and we we covered it on uh, one of our recap videos. Um, and yeah, it has changed a lot. It's pretty crazy to go in there and see everything's changed. And like, I was able to log into my old account. Oh, wow. Uh, and my avatar compared to everyone else's, I was like a Lego block. And <laughs> they're like actual realistic looking avatars. So. Yeah, it's really cool. Some of the stuff people have built with Roblox nowadays, like some of the stuff looks like literally real. It's it's really neat, yeah. the, some of the stuff that they've built. So that's cool that you can like see that now. 
and like maybe some of that stuff will be integrated into VR and like you see some of the really neat stuff that people are making like sometimes you look at it and you're like is that Roblox and it, and it is and you're like that's that's really advanced for Roblox agreed agreed I, I guess on that note I saw like an article I think earlier today and it was uh basically it was saying Roblox and Fortnite are like the two games that could be the future metaverse because obviously Fortnite has become a lot more than just the battle royale game that it used to be um we play rec room as well or we've been in remio curious on your thoughts of like there's we talked about meta building the metaverse and being that do you what do you think of like roblox or Fortnite or something like that instead becoming the the metaverse or like the home page of the future internet yeah, totally. I could see it. Like, it's already kind of going that way anyway. Um, and there's definitely the infrastructure to be able to do it with all the servers that they have and everything like that. So uh, if they could just kind of meld meta and that kind of together into one thing, then it could totally happen. I think there's no reason why it could. Well, population one, you know, that's <laughs> basically Fortnite in VR and it's owned by meta. So interesting. Um, all right. Well, Wrapping up here, uh, a couple last questions. Um, number one, uh, I always like to ask at the end, uh, who should we have on the podcast? Obviously, we're, we're having some people from, from the team come on. So if you want to shout anyone out there, but also is there anyone that comes to mind that um, you know, either you look up to, I know you said you look up to people on the team or um, any Anybody that you think should come on the podcast to talk about XR and education and these types of topics? Um, I think either Harris or even Jill, um, one of those two, because we've already had Chris. Um, any of the other artists, uh, I think, would have a really uh, interesting outlook on some of this stuff. Um, yeah, so either one of them, either Jill or Harris, I think they might be next. Okay, awesome, awesome. I, I don't think we have either of them scheduled, but I will message them and say that you said that they have to come on. So. Don't do that. Um, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm holding you to it. All right. All right. Uh, um, and then obviously we've had like a lot of guests or we've had some guests on here that are professors or they um, uh, are, are people working on their own projects. So I, I normally like to ask at the end, are there any current projects or anything you would, you would like to plug? And I don't know. Is there anything... Outside of extra VR or inside extra VR, anything that comes to mind, um, or even things that you're just following online that you would like to, to plug and give a shout out to? Um, I think like our biggest sim right now, basically SAR, is like amazing. So I really want people to check that out. Um, we're really trying to push that and uh, get get people in headsets to, to check that out. Um, and I think it's especially with the wildfires that have been happening. Um, I think it'd be really beneficial for people to have their eyes on it, uh, just to uh, get people to. To, to experience that through uh, VR and uh, get people uh, to see what it's like uh, to go in and, and fight fires and stuff like that. So I think that's the one that's the one we want to uh, be checking out nowadays. So For sure. And I did not pay you to say that. No. Awesome. Yeah. Any other questions that uh, you wish I would have asked you or any anything else uh, to wrap up the podcast here? Um, not that I can think of at the moment. I think uh, we covered all our bases. Awesome, awesome. Well, Tori, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yoshi, thank you for starring in the background. Uh, yeah, it's been great having you on and going through all these topics and just learning more about your opinion on each of them. And excited to share this with uh, 
the audience that is now listening to this post recording. Uh, so yeah, thanks again for coming on, Tori, and thank you everyone for for tuning in and listening to this week's Edgeverse Enigma podcast. Uh, we'll be back every second week uh, chatting about interesting topics as they apply to XR and education.